Hello and welcome to a special review episode of Happiness, a Skeptic's Guide with self-confessed serial self-help abuser Paul Flower and me, psychologist and coach Gary Wood. I nearly forgot who I was then. So, without further ado, as Mr Flower would say... On with the pursuit of happiness in all its forms. Uh, Greetings and welcome to Happiness, a Skeptic's Guide. Uh, A little bit of a different episode uh, this time around because we've decided to take a pause. We are going to take a deep breath because we are big fans of breathing on this particular podcast. Um, Dr. Wood, particularly fond of breathing. Aren't we all? Um, And look back at the previous episodes because we tried to keep them uh, deliberately brief so that we focus very much on what you're span is so they're all around 20 minutes but uh, we have recognized that within that 20 minutes we are prone to uh, delivering quite a lot of information at a very fast pace and I became particularly aware of this when I had to do a transcription of one of the previous episodes and uh, found out how much detail was actually in uh, episode five I think it was or episode four Um, there was quite a lot of stuff there and I thought how is anybody ever going to take all of this in if we don't review it and the other important thing I think is when you when you're on a journey of this nature um, and I think you'll agree with me here it is important to review where you've got to and what's working and what isn't and what the next step should be indeed uh, well I'm, I'm glad you think we're giving value for money um, yeah value for nothing yeah value for nothing when you describe this it, it's it's something quite similar I would do in a coaching situation say halfway through We'd have a little bit of a stock take and a review to see what's working and what we need to discuss in the next sessions where the, you know, the story or the journey, however we want to describe it, is going. Yeah. And I think if we do this every five to six uh, episodes, it also gives people a chance to feedback a little bit. And on the subject of breathing, we have had some feedback about your, uh, claim that you managed to get through a painful dental extraction uh, by only using breathing exercises and a couple of wags on uh, Twitter where we can be found at Skeptics Guide uh, said how did you manage to breathe with all that stuff in your gob? You breathe through your nose don't you obviously. Indeed. Well anyway it was I did have Novocaine as well so it wasn't that I just breathed I, I was talking about dealing with the the stress and the anxiety of because we call it dental phobia but if somebody drills holes in your teeth you know, if you're not phobic there's something wrong with you i would agree anyway i want to know then if we can think about we've we've done an introduction and we've got five episodes and we did what is happiness we did one on happiness and meaning we did one on well-being and happiness we did one on stress and coping and we did one on survival and growth so what have you tried? What's been better? What's made you happier? And what will you keep doing? So let's start. With, you start wherever you like, actually. Yeah. And I think it's important um, that we kind of cover this fact because obviously you're the expert in, in this and I'm, I'm a, a passenger to a certain extent. But, but I am also patient zero as far as this podcast goes because uh, as my life partner uh, or wife, uh, whichever you prefer, uh, said to me when I told her about the podcast, she said, are you sure you're the right person for this? And, uh, and who else? You know, if, oh. if this can work for me, then it can work for anybody. So what she was saying is, are you the right person to play the role of Paul Flower? Yes, am I the right person to be dispensing 
any advice on happiness at all but there you go um so in terms of uh, i will run through the episodes and, and and kind of the bits that sort of made um sense to me so uh, from what is happiness i would i would say setting goals for small things was the the thing that jumped out at me a little bit you know stuff that that does you good and don't overcomplicate those goals i think you know that is a very valuable thing whether i've managed to actually do any of that is uh, is a moot point but we'll move on to number three which is happy and meaningful and we can come back to to the bits that i've done so from from happy and meaningful we had the perma method can you uh, run through that again for us oh you only said that because you've lost your notes no no i've got them in front of me so the perma method then i i i'm aware that we did i did throw in the perma method as something to talk about digital well-being but it strikes me that maybe we need a later episode on the PERMA method where we look at it in a little bit greater depth. So it was PERMA, which was positive emotions. Uh, that's what we would call subjective well-being. Engagement, relationships, meaning and achievement altogether making PERMA. Uh, and so we could say positive emotions is subjective well-being. Engagement is about flow, which we've covered a number of times. Uh, relationships is about people meaning is about values and achievement is really about goals and if you don't like perma you can have the less catchy acronym of sfvvvga well yeah that's not gonna work is it no it isn't so it's a model of flourishing it's the idea to say that we don't need to just get by the the opposite of uh, flourishing would be languishing so the idea that we kind of, you know, just get by and try and make the best is that we can, you know, rise above things. We can actually be the best we can possibly be. Sure. I think it, it's definitely worth going back to that because I think it's a, a, a good a good acronym. Not very easy one to remember. But if, you ma- if you're wanting to make permanent change, then use the PERMA method. Oh. Um, from, from number four. Sorry, go on. No, I was to say that what we can do is we can do some other models because there's lots of different models of flourishing. So what we could do in future episodes is to have a special one on PERMA, then try some other models of flourishing, including the Japanese concept of Ikigai, uh, which is, if you look at it, is really a model of flourishing and could belong in positive psychology. So we could do that as well. Anyway, on to number four. Well-being, is it the same as happiness? And I think in this one, um, it was important to look at well-being as a, as an industry and as a, as a terminology. But the main thing that I got from this one, um, was the stress being an imbalance of pressures versus resources. Right. And, um, that balancing act was kind of particularly, um, illuminating for me. I think that was, that was my certainly a light bulb moment during that particular episode. So, you know, how well your personal resources can meet the challenges of life and, and how stress occurs when they don't essentially. And that, that led us on to stress and coping, which was, uh, episode five. Um, and very important from that for me was the disruption tactics. So to kind of change what you're doing and action being a kind of, uh, a good way to sort of dis- disrupt a stressful moment. And give yourself little uplifts as well. We, you know, we recognize that sometimes it's the little things during the day that really can bring us down some you know petty hassles but it's also almost inconsequential little uplifts that can make our day uh, and taking control of that and and the example i've given is a few 
simple few breathing exercises which can interrupt the stress and can actually make us feel a little bit better yeah it's funny i I did note that um although it came up uh, randomly and and certainly wasn't a scripted moment you you know the whole teletubbies thing of thinking "Uh uh-oh you know we'll stop at this point and do something else you know an interruption to to your pattern of behavior is actually really valuable and could uh, could be the defining moment of the series so far um Episode six, survive or thrive, growth and happiness. That was the wordy one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The very information dense episode rather than just dense. Um, seeking goals to support skills and strengths. I thought was, uh, was my bit from that. I think, um, that, that is a key lesson. Um, and harking back to one of the earlier episodes as well, you know, having, um, a quiz or something that can help you to find your own personal uh, personal ambitions and your personal kind of life goals to an extent where, you know, if you were just asked to write down your five life goals or whatever, you would really struggle to do it. Mm. It's important to recognize when we, what, when we think of goals, what often we're doing is, you know, certainly in a work setting is we are set goals by other people. So when we work for an organization, they have a set of values and then the goals are linked to those values in some way. Hmm. There's nothing stopping us and everything inviting us to, to work out what our values are as individuals. So if we're going to work for a company, do our values match uh, that company? So often people seek out companies and they look at the website and they'll say, okay, yeah, my values match this company. This would be a good company to work for. There's nothing stopping you thinking about what your individual values are, your personal values, and thinking about how you can work those into your daily routine, especially if the job turns out to be, you know, not all that it was cracked up to be, not what you'd expected. So you can look for ways to make small changes to meet your values. And hopefully that will help you find a way to be a little bit happier in your job. I see that. And I, th- I also think that when you're looking for, for work or when you're uh, looking at companies potentially to work for, um, the cynic in me never actually believes that the company values are values that you're going to find in the day-to-day workplace. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, sometimes in the day-to-day, it's the secret is is to look for small examples of values. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, every time you do an action, you're going to be changing the world or making a difference to the universe. It might mean that you've kind of expressed honesty. It might mean that you've demonstrated fairness. It might mean that you've shown curiosity and just in a small way. So it's important when we start looking at linking values and goals to start quite small. Cool. So um, of those, of the things that I think were most important to me, breaking the chain of thought that stress creates, kind of disrupting the pattern, I think was the main learning point from from the latter episodes. Um, That's kind of, I think, what has made me happier and certainly something that I can think of continuing to do. Okay, then. So what are the connections? Any other connections uh, that you've made that maybe we didn't cover? Um, The thoughts around setting goals to match belief structure and strengths um i think is really good i don't think it's something i've made major gains with at the minute i am okay. um as i've said before perilously bad at uh, applying advice to my own circumstances and similarly bad at setting goals um 
I used to think it was a lack of time, but now I think it's a fundamental weakness in my own character. So on that basis, I think, you know, we, we kind of have to, part of the reason for this episode is we have to reiterate and bang the drum for certain things a lot more. Um, like I said, I'm enlightened by the thought of stress being a resources issue. And I think, um, that alone will give me kind of greater control over, over my stress levels. And I hope that will, that will help other people as well. You know, if you think about it as being, matching up, doing some balancing out of, of different things to take that stress away. Uh, you know, I definitely need to, to learn to take take a deep breath at the time of a stressing incident and break my immediate response, which is uh, usually swearing. Oh, I love a good swear, though. And it, it is known. To, it's, a, it's a known fact and proven fact that swearing does make, uh, you know, if you hit your thumb with a hammer and swear, um, it does reduce the pain uh, better than not swearing, apparently. I think it was. I don't, it's the, the old British classic comedy show, Till Death Us Do Part. Uh, with Warren Mitchell playing the uh, the bigoted character Alf Garnett, and who mm-hmm. who made my one of my favourite comments, and when he was told off for swearing, he protested that he was swearing for God and the Queen, and uh, I just love that idea of swearing for God and the Queen. So there you go for for Queen and country. Yes, well, yeah, with the emphasis on yeah. the <laughs> Queen on the tree, with the emphasis on Queen. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right then. In terms of in terms of what you've kind of um, in revisiting quite a lot of this stuff, because I guess you know, obviously you're you're doing it and you're coaching day to day. You're doing it in books that you've written, like uh, your current uh, book, The Psychology of Wellbeing. What what has anything in this podcast regenerated your interest in a particular sector, or has anything kind of made you realise, yeah, actually that's a, a bigger point than I thought you know, may have thought of in the past. I don't think there's anything that's actually made me do such a revaluation. But the one thing that continues to surprise me, uh, even though I tell people to do it, and continues to surprise clients, is the benefit of making a small change. And the point I always make is the quickest way to change perception is to do something. A small action in the direction of your goal and just to see how the perception changes. So if you've got a huge list of stuff to do, I always pick the easiest thing on the list. I mark it off and then I I see how has that shifted my perception of the list. And then I always think, well, I could probably do that one quite quickly. There's a a Tanzanian proverb that I, I, I used to use a lot, probably worn it out. And it's little by little, a little becomes a lot. And that is an abiding principle I use in coaching. And even the skeptics are usually won over by the fact that they think small changes are not going to make any difference. I need a big change. Uh, And Mm. it's the small change that always leads to something else because you change the perception, you change the mindset, you allow other thoughts to come in. And so you have more information which with which to tackle the issue. I mean, a big change is is almost a stressor in itself isn't it you know because a big change would be something so radical and so upsetting to your day so disruptive to your your day-to-day life that therefore it it would become stressful in itself so you'd be you'd be exchanging one stress for another and there's no real point in that exactly so little by you know little by little is good yeah so a question i often ask clients 
sort of 10 minutes into the session is what do we need to speak about in this session for you to feel like it's been worthwhile? So it's a constant reminder to focus on the meaningful and the worthwhile for the client, both for me and them. Mm -hmm. So I would ask you, what do we need to speak about in the next couple of episodes for you to feel this story for you is moving in a worthwhile direction? I think um, looking at current trends, so something like mindfulness we've spoken about, um, I think that's worth looking at because it's such a buzzword at the moment. Yep. Um, and perhaps the whole self-help industry, I think we referred to potentially needing a couple of episodes to look at both uh, experts in self-help and self-help books and how to read them. I think you, you know there's a bit of that in, in your book, The Psychology of Wellbeing. And I think that, that is definitely worth us uh, having a chatter about and we could probably fill many hours talking about different self-help books because we've probably read uh, quite a few of them between us yeah I, I when I went to write my first book is I read loads and loads of them to just try and get a handle on the formula and for the psychology of well-being I went back to the first self-help book called self-help uh, and you can actually see the ripples from that book written in the 1850s you can still see the ripples in modern self-help books, including some of the less helpful uh, values and judgments. So that's certainly something we can speak about. Brilliant. We should do that. And um, for these future review episodes, as I said, it'd be really great if you have specific questions that we haven't answered or perhaps needing greater in-depth answers than we're able to provide on our, on our social media channels, then uh, by all means, let us know and we can kind of explore uh, that in an upcoming review episode, which will probably follow episode 11 or 12 or whatever it might be or we might just have to insert episodes along the way or micro episodes um like advert breaks it's getting very tough if you do want if you do want to sponsor the show of course just let us know um we don't charge much it's getting very technical as well isn't it and getting very corporate already (laughs) thanks again for joining us that was and is happiness a skeptic's guide with paul flower and me gary wood Remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts so you'll be the first to know about new episodes. And if you've really enjoyed it, you can support the show at buymeacoffee.com forward slash skeptics guide. I wish you stopped mentioning coffee, I'm gasping.